Cade Mila Falta. Welcome to the Letter from Ireland show, where we travel in the footsteps of your Irish ancestors, visiting their homelands and telling their stories as they put down roots in so many places around the world. Hello, Falta Dave Galair. Hello, everybody, and you are very welcome to the very first episode for 2022 of the Letter from Ireland show. I'm your host, Mike Collins, and I write the Letter from Ireland every Sunday that goes out to, I think it's about 50,000 people now around the world. And in the letter, we chat about your Irish heritage, our shared Irish heritage, surnames, stories, bit of music and so on. So in this particular show, which you can find the show notes at alettafromireland.com forward slash 701. That's alettafromireland.com forward slash 701. We're going to have a look at the animal world, the animal kingdom, and the kingdom of men at the same time, and how they might interact through the various stories, surnames, and pieces of music uh, throughout the particular show. So we called today's show, All Creatures, All God's Creatures rather, Have a Place in the Choir. And indeed, that's going to be one of the pieces of music that we're featuring later. So um, we're going to have basically the format for today and through the rest of the year I'll just mention is we're going to have a letter from Ireland show every week and it will be going out on a Thursday for you to download and enjoy. And uh, during the show, we'll typically share some of the letters we actually write, lots of music that we're delighted to have actually on board at this point in time uh, due to a new uh, licensing agreement with the uh, for Irish music. And uh, we're also going to actually, well, in the letters indeed, we're going to share uh, stories about your Irish ancestors, surnames, um, music, and much, much more. So given the fact, as I mentioned, we're just after coming into the new year here, we've just passed Christmas, a very important occasion in Ireland and around the world. And the day after Christmas Day, St. Stephen's Day, the 26th of December, is um, also marks a tradition that you find in many parts of Ireland, and it's the tradition of the Ran Boy. When I say Ran, I'm talking about the bird Wren, W-R-E-N. And the Ran Boys are out and about, and if you've ever seen mummers, let's say in England, you have some idea of what's involved. So we're going to start off with a piece of music, and indeed it is called the Ran, and it's from Lisa O'Neill. <laughs> The ran, the ran, the king of all birds Since Stephen's day was caught in the furs Although he was little, his honour was great Jump up, me lads, and give us a treat He said he was going to kill and all I met the wren upon the wall Opened me wattle and knocked him down And brought him into Carrick Town Drolling, drolling, where's your nest? Is in the bush that I love best in the bush, the holly tree, where all the boys do follow me. Oh, put the kettle and down with the pan and give us a penny to bury the wren. We follow the wren three miles or more, three miles or more, three miles or more. Follow the wren three miles or more at six o'clock in the morning. I have a little box under me arm, under me arm, under me arm. Little box under me arm A penny or toppings will do it no harm 
Oh, Mrs. Kelly's a very good woman, a very good woman, a very good woman. Mrs. Kelly's a very good woman. She gives us a penny to bury the rent. voice of Lisa O'Neill. Hope you enjoyed that, well, a story, and it gave you a very firm idea of the atmosphere of the Rand Boys on St. Stephen's Day around Ireland. And indeed, that's a tradition that would have been there for many of our shared Irish ancestors as well. So moving on to the first letter today, and sticking with the actual theme of animals, we, um, well, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but a lot of actual animal names appear in or as Irish surnames. So, for example, my uh, grandmother was a dolphin, as in the mammal of the sea from County Galway, and her next door neighbour were the salmon family, as in the fish. Just down the road were the rabbits, and of course then there was all the cows of the field after that. So, you know, you find the animals actually mentioned quite a lot as we actually delve into our Irish surname history. So in this letter, Corinne is going to share a little bit more. Irish surnames and to all creatures great and small. A while back, we were in County Mayo for a green room feature and we made our way into Matt Malloy's famous bar in the town of Westport for a little refreshment as you do. Sitting at the bar, we soon got talking to a local school teacher by the name of John Salmon. While I won't go into the conversation we had just now, we were struck by his surname, Salmon, S-A-L-M-O-N. So let's go down that path for the rest of this letter. Irish surnames, animals, fish and birds. Do you have an animal, fish or bird surname in your Irish family tree? I have a few myself. Collins comes from the Irish for a young dog, which is O'Quillon, and my maternal grandmother was a dolphin. Funnily enough, there are lots of inland dolphin farms all over East County Galway. Through the 16 and 1800s, many Irish surnames were anglicised from the original Irish Gaelic, and we ended up with quite a few of the aforementioned animal, bird and fish related surnames all over the country. Let's take a look at some of these unusual surnames. We have surnames like Obradon, spelt O-B-R-A-D-A for the I-N, which is the Irish for salmon. 
This was phonetically anglicised as Braden in some parts of the country, while others chose to literally translate it into salmon, spelt S-A-M-M-O-N or S-A-L-M-O-N. Joining the creatures of the sea, we had the surname Dolphin. Dolphins were a clan of Norse origin who moved to Galway and Mayo, not to mention the Pollocks. Then there were the Sharkies from County Donegal, also the Fishers, Herons, Crows and Swans. They kept a close eye on these sea creatures. Speaking of the sea, the novelist James Joyce managed to attach himself to a bridey barnacle of County Galway and she stuck with him. Back on land, the hound is often buried in the original Irish of a surname. McNamee, for example, comes from son of the hound of Meath. But somehow, we did not end up with an old hound or old dog in English. Just the odd couple of barkers. However, someone had to look after all these animals as they were domesticated. And so we had the surnames Cowman, Bullman, Shepherd and Shepherd and Calfer. Back to the creatures of the moors and forest, we have lots of rabbits, foxes, wolves and hares, all seeming to get along together in different parts of the country. Out west in Mayo, the odd, exotic gibbon has even been spotted. So back to our John Salmon at that bar in Westport. Being a teacher and being very knowledgeable, we decided to call him the Salmon of Knowledge after the old Irish folktale, don't you know? I hope you enjoyed that short, fun tour around the animal-related surnames in our shared Irish family trees. And how about you? Do you have any of these surnames in your Irish family tree? Maybe you have an animal-related surname that we have not even included. That's it for this week. And we would like to leave you with an old Irish saying. Glock bug on sale, August glockig on sale bug too. This translates as, go easy on life and life will go easy on you. Look forward to you joining us again next time on The Letter from Ireland. Sloan for now, Mike and Karina. All God's creatures got a place in the choir. Some sing low and some sing higher. Some sing out loud on the telephone wire. Some just clap their hands or paws or anything they got now. All God's creatures got a place in the choir. Some sing low and some sing higher. Some sing out loud on the telephone wire. Some just clap their hands or paws or anything they got now. It's the one on the bottom where the bullfrog croaks And the hippopotamus moans and groans Where the big to-do, the old cow just goes moo The cats and the dogs, they take up the middle Where the honeybee hums and the cricket fiddles The donkey brays and the pony neighs The old grave badger sighs All God's creatures got a place in the choir Some sing low and some sing higher Some sing out loud on the telephone wire Some just clap their hands or paws Or anything they got now With the little birds singing and the melodies and the high notes ringing, the hoot owl cries over everything. The blackbird disagrees. Singing in the nighttime, singing in the day, the 
little duck quacks and he's on his way. The otter hasn't got much to say. The porcupine talks to himself. All God's creatures got a place in the choir. Some sing low and some sing higher. Some sing out loud on the telephone wire. Some just clap their hands or paws or anything they got now. It's a simple song, a living song everywhere By the ox and the fox and the grizzly bear The grumpy alligator and the hawk above The sly old weasel and the turtle dove All God's creatures got a place in the choir Some sing low and some sing higher Some sing out loud on the telephone wire Some just clap their hands or paws or anything they got now All God's creatures got a place in the choir Some sing low and some sing higher Some sing out loud on the telephone wire Some just clap their hands Well, quite the appropriate piece of music there. All God's creatures have a place in the choir from the Barley Corn. Hope you enjoyed that lovely song. Now, we're going to move on to another story now, and it's a letter that's going to be read by Karina again. And this time it's actually going to feature the story of an Irish man, a man from County Galway, who had a large part to play in establishing the rights of animals, the, uh, if you like, the uh, protection of animals around the world. Uh, that we actually, well, animals, and we enjoy today. So without further ado, over to Karina now, and the story all about uh, one one Irish man and the story of animal rights. Should animals have rights? This Irish man thought so. Not long ago, Mike and I headed to Connemara in County Galway. It's a beautiful part of the world at any time of the year, and we were not disappointed by this visit. High on our trip list was a house that was a home to an Irishman you may not even have heard of. However, if you love animals or have a pet, you'll probably feel very thankful for his actions almost 200 years ago. I'd like to share his story in our letter from Ireland today. Should animals have rights? This Irishman thought so. Let me start with a question. Do you have a pet? Maybe you live on a farm and keep livestock. Pets tend to be an important part of family life for many of our readers on the letter. One of these readers, Rob Hepburn, always shows up in the green room with a picture of himself and Petey, his loyal canine companion. This week, we tell the story of one of the Irish surnames in Rob's family tree and look at one holder of that surname who did so much over the years for the advancement of animal welfare around the world. But first, let's start with Rob introducing himself. Hi everyone, my name is Rob. I have the surnames Mulvaney Martin on my mum's side and Dooley Hepburn on my dad's side. The Martins come from a farm in Westmeath while the Mulvanys from South Dublin City and Sligo before that. The Dooleys are from Waterford, the Hepburns might be from Donegal, but I'm not sure. I'm very happy to be part of this forum. Thank you all. 
That's how Rob introduced himself in our Greenroom Forum. Now, let's review one of his surnames in his family, the surname Martin. One family from the tribes of Galway. Have you ever heard of the tribes of Galway? They were a group of merchant families who established the city of Galway in about the 13th century. The family names included Athai, Blake, Bodkin, Brown, Darcy, Dean, Font, French, Joyce, Kerwin, Lynch, Martin, Morris and Skerritt. Even today you will find the flags of these families flying in the city square in Galway and on its many lanes, roads and roundabouts. Over time, one of these families, the Martins, built country houses outside the city of Galway. There was Balnahinch Castle in the 1600s and Dangan House closer to the city of Galway a little later. Richard Martin was born in Dangan House in 1754 to Robert Martin and Bridget Barnwall. His parents were both born Catholic, but his father became a Protestant of convenience, allowing his family to hold on to lands and enabling Richard to obtain an education in England, where he eventually became a Member of Parliament for Galway. These privileges would have been denied to someone of Roman Catholic faith in Ireland through the 1700s. Richard remained a member of that parliament until 1826. Right, that's the background. Now let's move on to the interesting part of the Martin story. The birth of humanity, Dick. The Martins were well respected as landlords in their native Galway and Richard Martin was brought up with a strong sense of duty and care towards those less fortunate than himself, including all the creatures of the earth. He ran for Parliament, fighting for Catholic emancipation and must have been delighted when the penal laws were finally relaxed in the early 1800s and fully repealed by 1829. He also had an unusual humane attitude to animals all through his life, going as far as entering a duel with a man who had shot a young wolfhound. Both the duelists were injured, but not fatally. He often took the Parliament floor, condemning the popular sport of animal baiting, which was a favoured gentleman's sport of the time. He successfully proposed the Ill Treatment of Cattle Bill in 1822, which came to be known as Martin's Act. This was probably the first piece of legislation anywhere in the world that recognised the right of any animal to be treated in a humane manner. He gave speeches on the streets condemning bear and dog baiting and he was often laughed at and booed off his soapbox. King George went so far as to give him the derogatory nickname of Humanity Dick. However, it seems that Martin's unpopular agitation for animal rights was slowly heard by the other members of British society. 
If you ever travel to London, do head to St. Martin's Lane and Covent Garden. You'll see a little plaque outside number 77 that commemorates the founding of the Society of Prevention of Cruelty to Animals in that very building in 1824. One of the three organisers of the meeting was our own Richard Martin. On that night, he co-founded the society that eventually became known as the RSPCA and laid down the model for animal welfare societies around the world. Richard Humanity Dick Martin was shortly afterwards exiled to France. He did lead a colourful life that will surely become a movie at some point in the future. And he died there in 1834. The family seat and lands in Connemara passed from the Martin family shortly after his death. So, to Rob Hepburn and Petey the dog, I hope you enjoyed that story of one member of the Irish Martins who had such a strong and lasting influence on the way we conduct ourselves as a society today. Who knows, Richard Martin may be tied into your own Westmeath Martin branch. So how about you? Do you have any Martins in your Irish family tree? Or maybe one of those surnames of the tribes of Galway? Well, that's it for today, and we'll chat again soon. Slán for now, Mike and Karina.
What a lovely evocative piece of music there. We have the Fox Chase played by Liam O'Flynn, the late wonderful Liam O'Flynn, and a real, real master of the Yillan Pipes. Beautiful Irish instrument there. And uh, perhaps you followed along, but you could actually almost see the fox in the meadow at the beginning of the tune, wandering around, perhaps playing with their siblings and so on, and then all of a sudden pricking up their noses or their ears and hearing the hunt in the distance, and then the actual chase commences. And at the end, the actual foxes manage to escape and go on about their business. So nice outcome in that particular tune in this case. And I think it kind of outlines as well that it's all not about just everything just being a happy, for everybody in the camp but that kind of I suppose kind of like uh, you know balanced or imbalanced relationship depending how we want to look at it between the animal kingdom and people on the island of Ireland over many many centuries but either way animals of course feature so heavily in our mythology in our surnames in our songs in our stories and always have done so long may it be the way i hope you enjoyed today's episode our very first one of 2022 and remember again you can actually find the show notes at a letter from ireland.com forward slash 701 that's a letter from ireland.com forward slash 701 so leaving you there and remembering that all god's creatures have a place in the choir this is mike collins uh leaving you until next week so slaw for now have a good week hope you enjoy the show and uh we'll chat again next week if you've enjoyed today's letter from ireland show we'd like to invite you to check out our special membership area the green room you hear us mention it a lot during the show And you can find full details of the Green Room at a letter from Ireland.com forward slash Green Room. Our Green Room is the essential resource for anybody at any stage in researching their Irish heritage, because it's where we delve into all the good stuff to help you break down those brick walls and really connect the pieces in your Irish ancestry puzzle. In the Green Room, you get access to online genealogists, extensive research tools, quick win training, as well as member-only access to johngrenham.com and a very supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback and advice. The Green Room is the perfect place to be for anybody starting or continuing their Irish ancestry search. So why don't you come and join us there at a letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. That's it for me, but I'll be back next time with another installment of the Letter from Ireland show. And I really look forward to chatting to you then. Slán gafól, Karina. <laughs>